0: In eighty six, Anne Martin wrote the first book of what book came a call. Now it's time. The Babysitters Club Club. Alright, you ready, my man? Yeah. I said is my light on. It's on. Give me a hot hot intro. Hello and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, discuss the fantastic, epic novels of Anne M. Martin, writer of the Babysitter's Club series. Mm -hmm. For a little bit of context, real quick here for people who haven't been listening along, as a young man, through a series of mishaps and misunderstandings, I, at the age of seven, read all of these books, uh, so I have a deep connection to them. Tanner, on the other hand, um, reads them uh, primarily to get his news. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't read websites. He doesn't r- read not big on social media newspapers. This is he, in, in his world. This is where he gets the news, the current news of the day.
1: Yeah. Did you hear about this phantom
0: phone caller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know all about it. Yeah, there's been a there's a phantom phone caller on the loose.
1: I was trying to think of anything newsworthy that happened in this book that we just read. Yeah. Uh, but it it was pretty isolated to just the girls lives. There wasn't a whole lot happening in the greater world.
0: No, that's true, but goddamn, a lot of shit happened in these girls' lives this week. This is The book this week is Marianne Saves the Day, and fucking hell, does the day need to get saved. It's like, you've
1: thrown out both the term day and week now, but this book takes place over the course of months. A month, yeah, over a month. Yeah, which is new. It's usually just a couple days. Uh, before we get into it, can I just mention how smoky and husky... Your voice is sounding tonight. You, you certainly can, sir. Oof. I think this is going to be a fan favorite. Yeah. Old Uncle Jacko's bringing the deep resonant bass.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: I'm going to pull up the rear with my squeaky boy voice <laughs> for Yeah, one we're more really week. balancing each other out. Yeah. We should
0: be like a radio shock jock duo, <laughs> like Jack Jackie and the Weasel or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's talk about, let me, I'm going to give you a one sentence description of this plot. Okay. of what happens yeah. and then i'm gonna i'm gonna force you to to describe the whole thing in 60 seconds sure
1: why won't i just repeat your one sentence
0: okay well i you know you can if you like
1: oh you're gonna do your your
0: overthought i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make it up on, on the fly right here this is a novel this is a epic tale of four women in a small town whose lives are shattered when they lose the only thing that matters to them which is their own friendship Um, And as they have to introspect, suddenly alone in the world, they each learn a lot more than they ever wanted to about who they were.
1: Okay, do you want to know what actually happened?
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to do it. All right, you want to pull your phone? I'm going to pull out my phone. You ready? Yep, 60 seconds on the clock. Let's let's go. Ready?
1: Yeah. The girls are babysitters, as usual. Uh, They have a meeting. Um, Christy picks up the phone. It's a call from the Newtons. Uh they need a sitter for Jamie and Lucy. Chris I love how you always
0: you spend the first 20 seconds describing like Did you pause? If you're going to interrupt me. Sorry, I'm going to pause. Yeah, I love how with these you always you spend the first 20 seconds of your total 60 seconds describing the first page. <laughs>
1: This is important. A lot happens in that first page. <laughs> All right,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt your flow, and in fact, I feel like that's against the spirit of this. Segment. Give me five seconds. So I'm going to give you an extra ten seconds on top okay. of it. All right, Ready? so pick up. Christy picks up the phone. It's it's the Newtons. It's the Newtons.
1: All right, they need a sitter for both Jamie and Lucy, new baby Lucy. Everyone's very excited to sit Lucy. Uh, Christy doesn't doesn't confer with her associates and takes the job. Everyone's furious at her. They all start shouting names at one another. They call each other uh, job hogs and little babies and diabetic scum and stuff like that. Uh, There's a lot of ableism in these books. Continuing on, the fight continues for a month. Uh, Everyone's very petty. They're sticking their tongues out of one another. Marianne meets, this is from Marianne's perspective, she meets a beautiful young woman named Dawn with flowing blonde hair. They become good friends. Marianne's doing it out of spite to make... Christy jealous. Uh, there's a uh, birthday party for Jamie. Um, Marianne spills a bunch of pop on Christy's, and that's all. Lap. We got. And that's pretty much all that happened. That was
0: happened. pretty good. Well, I, you, missed the, you missed the stunning finale. I mean, the, the thing is that these girls have fallen apart. Their whole worlds are shattered. Right.
1: There's a solid B-plot with Marianne and her dad,
0: too. Oh, man. There is such a solid B-plot with Marianne and her dad. I didn't even get into dad. it. With Marianne and her dad, and with Marianne's dad, and the new babysitter, Dawn's mom. Oh. That shit is fucking fireworks. Spicy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, I didn't even get through the whole thing. There was a lot in this book. Let's start by talking about Dawn. Yeah, I what I like a lot is that Anne M Martin was like, we need more diversity in this babysitting group. Like, right. we have like we've got an Asian girl, but the, other than that, we don't have a lot of diversity. So we right. need to introduce a blonde girl. Right? Isn't Stacy blonde? I don't think Stacy's. I think she is. I think they're all brunettes. No, I think Stacy's blonde. No. well maybe maybe Dawn is. Like well, a, I don't know. A deeper blonde. I can Google it. I no, guess. let's not do that. I feel like we've learned that. Stacy. No. No. McGill. No. So anyway, Dawn shows up, and like the scene in which she shows up is. Sorry, I'll be right with you. Okay, good. No, that's cool, man. Don't pay attention. You vamp. No, she's totally blonde, man. Look at her.
1: She was played by a blonde actress. Okay, well
0: then, in this case, she really missed an opportunity to liven up the babysitters. She could have been a redhead, yeah. Yeah, or maybe uh, like albino. Okay, I like Dawn, man. Do you? Yeah, she's cool. And we're going to get a Dawn point of view for the next book, Dawn and the Fearsome Three or something like it's that. It's pretty crazy that we're.
1: she was just introduced in this book and she's yeah.
0: already getting her own uh, oh, yeah. debut so th- title on the next book. Yeah. Well, she's a dynamic character. She blows up everybody's spot as soon as she enters. She's the new girl in school.
1: She seemed like she was just a pawn in this Game of Thrones that was happening
0: between yeah. Stacy and Christy and Claudia. Yeah, Marianne and Christy fall out in a really dramatic way. And Marianne and Christy are like the strongest friendship out of the group. Um, and so they fall out in a really dramatic way. And that same day, Marianne meets Dawn and right. then spends the whole time like deliberately putting her arm around Dawn. So that Christy will see it. It's super fucked up. You know what? Christy's got to come in though. Christy was being a real B word in this book. She is such like a
1: little shitty baby. Yeah. Everyone else is ready. Everyone else is primed. Everyone else is ready to like get on board and get the babysitter's club back together. And it takes Christy a month and a half to finally like come around. It takes her a literal month. What is going on in there? And I bet they lost a
0: lot of revenue. Oh my God. Small business can't take
1: a month and a half off.
0: No. Well, I mean, this is what Marianne who literally saves the fucking day. Yeah. That's what she says. She's like, listen, here are the terms. Business first, but for this business to work, we have to repair our friendships. Yeah. So here's a question for you. I feel like you've been pretty hard on Marianne in the last few reads. And I feel like this is her coming out party. You get to really see. It's You get to see what's going on. Yeah. Hated her. Really? Yeah.
1: She's all over the map, man. Like, she's super shy and demure and quiet. And then, like, now that we're in her head and kind of get a sense of what she's thinking... She's constantly on edge and tense and, like, moments away from
0: blowing up at anyone, her dad, at Christy. I think—so, I think you're misreading this. I think what you're seeing is, like, her at this, like, liminal moment in her life where she has realized that she— can't be a baby anymore. Like, so this book, first of all, this book should be called Marianne and the Daddy Issues.
1: I actually wrote that down. I wrote down in my notes Marianne and the toppling of the patriarchy. Yeah. Is what this book should have been called. Uh, she really rises up against. Old man old man spear. spear Yeah he's she, a fucked up dude man Really weird You know who he reminds me of Is like a cult leader Or like one of those people Who like Has everyone live in an Underground bunker And yeah. he keeps like Reassuring them like This is what God wants Just Everyone just totally. Fall in line
0: Totally Marianne keeps on being Like Christy and Stacy Are allowed to put their own posters Up on their wall And you literally Forced me to keep up posters That would be appropriate For a three or five year old Right Like He a tells hum- her what to wear Humpty dumpty He forces her to to wear her hair in braids yeah he
1: buys all her clothes and then makes her like put on a show for him every morning when she leaves the house so that he can approve of what she's wearing he's like a weird psychopath
0: yeah he's an intense dude though i've got to say i feel like every one of these books i have like a genuine tearful moment Do you? Yeah. There's a moment where, like, against my will, the the corners of my eyes crinkle up and I start feeling like I'm going to cry. And then I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Which one was it? It was this moment with Marianne and her dad. It's right at the end. And it's about the braids. Can I read it? Yeah. For a moment, dad didn't answer. At last, he said, well, 10 o'clock seems a bit late for school nights. How about 930 on school nights and 10 o'clock on Friday and Saturday nights? Talking about
1: when she's going to stay out. Right.
0: Oh, dad, that's perfect. Thank you. I started to get up, wanting to hug him, but we're not huggers. I sat down again. Then I had a great idea. Dad, I want to show you something, I said. I'll be right back. I ran upstairs to my room, pulled the rubber bands off the ends of my braids, shook my hair out, and brushed it carefully. It fell over my shoulders, ripply from having been braided when it was still damp that morning. Then I ran down to the kitchen and stood in front of my father. How do I look, I asked. I watched Dad's face go from serious to soft. Lovely, he finally managed to say.
1: This poor man, you know what he's seeing?
0: He's seeing his dead wife. He's seeing his dead wife. Yeah.
1: He's seeing this miniature, vulnerable version of his dead wife who he let slip through his finger. He's probably responsible for his death.
0: Who knows? It hasn't been gone into. And it never will, I hope. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. You've read all these damn
1: books. You Mm, tell me. Not
0: not for 30 years. Here's
1: why I hate Marianne. Because um, I'm an anxious man, as you... No, mm-hmm. being my very good friend, I most certainly do uh have a lot of anxieties, have a lot of uh worries mm-hmm. every time Marianne went inside her own head in this book, I saw myself, okay, and I thought, shit, that is me like Sorry. she's like she's constantly worrying about like at one point she says, "Oh, all the other girls have made up with one another, and they have just singled me out and decided to leave me out of the group." And it's like shit, man. That is a that is a neurosis. I have Marianne. Shit, that's why I hate her. So you think you're a Marianne? In this book, I think I'm definitely a
0: Marianne, man.
1: I wear my hair <laughs> braids. <laughs> you know hey. what, man? What?
0: I'd love to see you shake those second. out, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see you shake those out. You look lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Can I tell you who I thought you were in this book? Yeah, please. Janine's not in it, so.
1: No, she's not, but I found a guy who jumped out at me, uh, and I thought, man, that's Jack all over. Yeah? Um, Marianne's trying to introduce Don to the school, kind of tell her who to hang out with, who to avoid. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And she says, you want to know who the weirdest kid in school is? (laughs) She nodded eagerly. It's Alexander Kurtzman, the one wearing the three-piece suit. See (laughs) him? I whispered. Don nodded. Don't ever try to butt in front of him on the lunch line don't even try to get in back of him either unless he's at the end of the line his hobby is obeying rules mm. so there was no janine in this book so i had to find a new
0: fucking pedant. yeah I, and it was
1: alexander kurtzman
0: I he's apparently so.
1: wears a three-piece suit too he sounds like a real like fucking you know what he sounds like a sixth grader you know what he sounds like yeah like a meninist <laughs> He sounds like one of those yeah. guys who's like wearing a fedora. He's
0: constantly shouting at women about rules. I can see that. Yeah. 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 I bet actually, so this is like filtered through their experience. I bet he doesn't say that shit to the dudes. No, it's obviously just not. He's, he's like, like, no like he's some
1: it. nerd, yeah. man. He's not going to like tell dudes anything. Yeah. He's too afraid.
0: So I got a few thoughts that I jotted down. We can talk about. Boy, is this book ever a book about the failure of communication, about total communication breakdown. Yeah. And the best example of it is during the height of their feud, they're forced to play this game of telephone. Right. And and, uh, Mary Ann and Chrissy use it as a means of communicating when they're
1: refusing to speak to one another because they're both on a babysitting gig together.
0: And they're constantly trying to mediate their experience through the written word and then subverting it as they're doing it.
1: I can't believe you did no pre-pro. You did no pre-pro. This is just coming naturally off the top of your dome.
0: No, this is what happens when I don't do pre-pro is I start just saying like SAT
1: words. (laughs) (laughs) So your pre-pro is you write down SAT words and when you don't do pre-pro... (laughs) <laughs> they just come right. They just come right out. They just come right out. Yeah,
0: but that, don't you think that's true? Like the babysitter's diary that they keep. Yeah, which is supposed to be about like what happened on jobs so they can know if like one kid's allergic who, to, to strawberries. Good, yeah, got food Like allergies. that becomes this weird fucking place where they're writing this shit that's about their hurt and their woundedness, about their friendship. Whoa, wow! But so it,
1: it's subversive.
0: Yeah, it's subversive. Yeah. But it's like, it's not expressing who they are. They're trying to express their woundedness, but it comes out in this weird transmuted way where they're just like lashing out and saying all this angry shit in the diary. And then it becomes this document and then it's like, that's not who they are.
1: Right. They're saying stuff like, oh, Charlotte is deathly allergic to her friends who are butt faces. Right. And job hogs. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, Christy and Claudia, make sure to be careful around her. She may start having a fit if you guys get too close to her. Because she's allergic to dumb idiot boss hogs.
0: No, exactly. It's powerful. And Marianne's always trying to write these notes of apology that, like, as she's writing them, get subverted in the act of transmission, where it starts off as a note of apology and ends up with, like... Dear Christy, I'm sorry you're such a fucking know-it-all job hog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope you're sorry, too. Well, (laughs)
1: not only that, the the mechanism for delivery is always, there's always some hiccup there, too. She uses Mimi as a go-between to get her note to Claudia. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, there's a new blow up between her and Claudia because Mimi calls Marianne
0: my Marianne. My Marianne. <laughs> and Claudia loses her fucking shit because she's like, you only call me my she's, Claudia. She doesn't even call Janine. And she doesn't even my call Janine. Janine. Yeah, who would though? Yeah, no one. Yeah. <laughs> that must be pretty familiar. Janine dude. wouldn't like that. No one's ever called you need my that. jack. Janine doesn't need that shit, man. She doesn't need to be fucking pandered to. No, she has an IQ plus. of like 187. She's got knowledge. She's got an IQ that's higher than fucking Stephen Hawking. She does not need to be <laughs> pandered to I by someone like, beer. okay, great. So I'm going to I'm just going to cover for you. Um, um yeah, bring me bring me a Sierra Nevada. Oh, should we say brand names uh if we're not if we're not currently sponsored? We can bleep out the name of the beer. Is that the we'll, here, we'll bleep out the name of the beer and then when we go to beer sponsors we'll we'll <laughs> play that back and be like this. Hey, would could you be like you. another Shiner Bach? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I would love That's another good. Shiner Bock. <laughs> We're trying to reach like a male demo age like twenty one. You really uh, think the twenty five. Yeah, like, <laughs> <you're like, laughs>
1: well we've got uh a handful of listeners, yeah, all female, yeah, ages uh twelve to forty five. <laughs> Babysitters club has a a big demo, yeah. What else happened in this book, man? I felt like
0: it was all just oh, a big i was fight. I wanted to talk about Mimi, man. Yeah, Mimi's. Oh, cool. did, so Mimi, for the uninitiated or for those who have forgotten, is Claudia's like kind of awesome grandma, right? But so she live-in grandma, and she's like, Marianne wants her to be her daddy, which is like, it's nice. just not going to fucking happen. Oh, I mean, gross. Yeah, but Mimi says a cool thing. Yeah. So Marianne has this poster of Humpty Dumpty up in her wall. Oh
1: God, I captured this you too, right, man. You I, you and, I, too, that you and shit, I capture all the same notes. No,
0: that shit took me aback as they say. Marianne has this poster of Humpty Dumpty up on her wall, and it's this fucking issue, right? Because, as we've already said, she's 12 now, going on 13, and that's more appropriate for a 5-year-old, which is like where her dad wants to keep her. Right. She wants a poster of
1: New York and Paris. Right. Like a cool-ass 12-year-old. Man, that's cool as hell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I've been to both those cool. cities. I live in one of them.
0: So she's like, tells this story, and then she's like, oh, wait a second. Do you know the tale of Humpty Dumpty? Microaggression. And then <laughs> Mimi goes, yes. He is the Shattered Eggman. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. It's
1: upsetting. It's, it's like, awesome. what, a, what a brutal way to put the... It's the- so
0: fucking powerful. <laughs> and the cool thing is, in that moment, that's when it coalesced for me. That it's like, oh shit, that's what this book is about. <laughs>
1: Marianne is the Shattered Eggman.
0: Well, so in so many ways, right? Or the Babysitter's Club is Ma- the Marianne Eggman. is a Shattered Eggman, right? Like, in order to become new, you have to be shattered first and then be put back together again by literally all the king... Well, not literally, metaphorically, all the king's horses and all the king's men. <laughs> Right? So that's Marianne. She's shattered. She's gone through some fucking trauma. And she needs, when she gets put back together again, she's like assertive and ready to take charge. She's a fucking new woman. Yeah. But also, the entire babysitters club is shattered. Right. It's destroyed.
1: I mean, they still they hobble along. Oh, barely. Man, it's a rough though. There's just these girls wandering in their house with these morose, long faces, trudging up the stairs to like clock into their <sighs> babysitter's just, like, slamming clean jobs.
0: doors, and like they agree that even though they fucking hate each other Dale. he moves away from the mic to
1: breathe, or burp, or maybe throw up. <laughs> I can't myself. Stuffed tell what's up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a story can, while you're leaning away from the mic? i good now. I, I want to tell you a story this about... This like
0: inherent sexiness. It's like that I have a cold.
1: Oh, you have a cold? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell me a story. When I was 12, I went through a lot of the same stuff that Marianne went through. My dad wasn't a weird cult leader. Right. My dad wasn't uh, Jim Jones. Right. Uh, my parents are very liberal and very accommodating. They just want me to live my best life. So really who I was lashing out against was myself. But wow, let's not get into it.
0: No, this is good, man. I feel like you're finally opening up to me. I I I can now reveal that I haven't been recording any of this. (laughs) This is just... Wow. Yeah. This is powerful. Yeah. Did you write these books?
1: (laughs) Yeah. When I was 12, I decided that... My mom dressed me as a kid, as most of our moms did. Uh Uh-huh. Would often put me in very weird, colorful ensembles Mm -hmm. to make me stand out a little bit. Uh, I got sick of it when I turned 12, 13. What I wanted, and I came in crying from school one day, ran down to my room crying. Yeah. My mom came down and said, what's the matter? And I said, I'm not cool. Oh, wow. And she said, that's okay. You don't need to be. And I said, no, I do. I need to be cool. And she said, okay, what do you need? And I said, I want to go to the mall tomorrow, and I want to buy Jinkos." (laughs) I want Jinkos. I oh, want. you knew what was cool. I want the biggest, baddest <laughs> jinkos I can fit on my twelve year old frame. Yeah. And you know what she did? God bless my mom, took me to the mall the next day, bought me jinkos. She was like, You could fit into one of these pant legs all by yourself. Man, I fucking rocked those oh, jinkos, man. I looked so good. I had those skunk stripe ones. Did you yeah. wore jinkos?
0: Or were you you're older than me. Yeah, I fucking wore jinkos, man. Yeah. I looked cool as hell. Yeah, I wore jinkos. jinkos that like tied at the bottom and then bunched yeah. over the shoes. Yeah. Or the
1: kind that have like the built in suspenders that you're not yeah. supposed to use as suspenders, you're just supposed to like let them hang down. <laughs> yeah. That's cool as hell, man. I was I remember going through like a phase where I was wearing a lot of jinkos and a lot of no fear shirts. And I oh, feel man. like You let like, you lost me.
0: <laughs> you lost me, man. I had no fear shirts. Jinko's was cool, man, but I was wearing well, whatever. I was wearing some cool shit on the top half. Yeah. And you you lost it.
1: What were you wearing? What, any brand names?
0: Yeah, Ralph Lauren.
1: <laughs> that was cool? Yeah. Okay. So I, I feel, I feel Marianne's pain in this book, man. I feel that. Like, this is You need so, to kind of e- capture e- your own identity for once in your goddamn life and stop following other people, you Dude, know?
0: but so this is, for me, is, is difficult because I, as you know, identify as a Marianne. I've always felt myself to be a Marianne. That's yeah. who's my spirit babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are very different people. Not very and then different. to find out, we we've had all four main babysitters POVs. Yeah. And you you're coming out as a fucking Marianne. I think maybe everyone's in this book.
1: Man. Everyone feels insecure. Everyone feels know, lost in this world. I there are some people I there's no one's people, no one's a confident Claudia. Yeah. And no one wants to identify as a Christie man. Although yeah. you remember at the end of episode one, I did yeah. say that I was a Christy because I felt bad about myself. Yeah. I felt like, oh, I'm judgmental.
0: Yeah. You're not enough of a bossy boots to be a Christy. No, I'm not
1: a bossy boots. I'm a Marianne,
0: man. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about Don real quick. Yeah, she seems. So,
1: she seems. Um, I have. I have like lost a really, in this sophisticated game of chess that these girls are playing.
0: I have a hyper specific note about Dawn. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> that is just that she moved to Stony Brook like this week because her parents got divorced. Right. Okay. She lives in a so, chill ass house. She, she lives in a fucking a cool ass a colonial barn, barn yeah.
1: that was built in 1795. Yeah, it's
0: cool as hell. Marianne goes over to their house. And she's like, hey, can we watch some of your VHS tapes? And she's like, yeah, let's watch this VHS tape that my mom bought for me right after the
1: divorce. Right.
0: It's the fucking parent trap.
1: Well, yeah, her mom recorded it off TV, which is illegal.
0: Yeah. No, that's not the point that I was trying to pick up on. Okay, but I'm saying that's, yeah, it's illegal. Okay, so you want to, you, like you saw all that, and you're like, "Oh man, this will be this will be a good discussion about piracy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can get into some piracy we can really issues. Warn people against. Like uh, maybe we could just pull up an old VHS and read like the FBI warning. Yeah, for yeah, that's a good idea. What? Where I wanted out. to go was, yeah. do you know the plot of the Parent Trap? Um, Lindsay Lohan. No, Jesus Christ, man! Is, how old are you? There's two of no, her. No, the original Parent Trap.
1: There's an original parent trap, yeah.
0: The original parent trap. Let's not go into it too much, except that the point of it is wait, there's
1: a non lindsay Lohan parent trap, yeah, dude. Oh, there have to be. Wait, when was Lindsay Lohan's parent trap like f- 1999? Who knows? When yeah. was this book written?
0: 1988? Yeah, it's no, probably still 80, 87. I think and, and Martin banged these out, she really a got clip. This out huh? yeah.
1: I d- like honestly, when she said she was watching the parent trap, I pictured. Lindsay Lohan's Parent Trap—that doesn't make any sense. Lindsay Lohan wasn't even born. There must have man. been another one.
0: Yeah, and huh. there was, and I watched it as a young as a young man, of course. But the point, so the plot of the Parent Trap, real quick, yeah. is two parents are divorced, and they're like kids meet each other in summer camp, and then they try to trap their parents into Aren't getting they back twins? together. Yeah, they're twins, and that's how they know that some shit is weird. <laughs> Imagine how fucking freaky
1: that would be. Yeah. Running into a person who looks exactly like you. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Ugh.
0: But, do you not think it's weird for a divorced mom, like, as her first act after her divorce, to give her child a copy of The Parent Trap? This book about, like, kids trying to get their divorced parents back together?
1: Oh, yeah. Do you think her mom's still in love with her dad?
0: Who fucking knows, man? That's all. That's literally my only thought. I just thought that was real fucking I'll
1: tell you who Don's mom's in love with. (sighs) Ugh.
0: wow this is my favorite part about this book this book has so much in it it has so much in it the disintegration of the babysitters is such a good device because like all of the other books it's all about them working together and this book is about them like working against each other except
1: they get in a fucking fight every book yeah but not like this no this is a bad one that's awesome
0: the introduction of dawn is fucking incredible like there's a new babysitter in town does she have what it takes right then the relationship between Marianne and her dad is just like, and we'll talk about Freudian stuff hopefully later. Yeah. In this episode. Can't wait, man. After, yeah. the, after the episode's over. Yeah. After, okay. We'll go to my den and talk about <laughs> Freud. <laughs> but the stuff, do you want to introduce it? The stuff between Marianne's dad and Don's mom. Yeah. It's fucking incredible.
1: Yeah. So Marianne catches wind that Don's mom is recently divorced, but from Stony Brook, she moved back to Stony Brook to be near her parents. Which is so plausible. Yeah, totally plausible. Marianne says to Don, oh, I wonder if she knew my dad in high school. Approaches her dad and says, oh, did you know a uh, Sharon Porter in high school? And her dad, who's now kind of for the first time in his life being open and emotionally available for Marianne, says, "Uh, did I? Did I know a Sharon Porter in high school? Yeah, I knew a fucking Sharon Porter. And we spent one glorious summer together <laughs> as lovers before she went off to college and we lost touch. I've pulled up the yearbook quotes. Yeah. Here's I think wh- that was pretty much
0: word for word what the yearbook quote was. Yeah. Here's what Richard writes in her yearbook. Richard Spear. Remember, the summer can be forever. Love always. Richie. That's not even the good shit, man. The good shit is he, he like quotes Camus. here's what she writes four years weren't enough let's start over how can we part we have one more summer hold on to it Richie love is blind always and forever Sharon and so what's awesome so that shit is awesome that's awesome they find that shit in their yearbooks both of those quotes and and with like ellipses and then there's this awesome scene where they're like now we're having a pizza party at Marianne's house, right? And like Sharon drops Don off at Marianne's house, and Richie opens the fucking door Marianne's dad, and they both like lose their fucking minds. Yeah, they just like strip down and start going at it oh, right there in the doorway. It's powerful. It's not. It's not what you would expect. Like, cause this is. I feel like these books are mostly for twelve year olds. Yeah, you and I, notwithstanding. But that powerful scene between those two that was X rated as well. love as is real.
1: Uh, today was the first time I read this book on the subway home before we recorded mm-hmm. today was and i was reading the paperback copy that we ordered because we did order the original first run editions of these books today was the first day i ever felt deep shame and embarrassment <laughs> as a 31 year old man mm-hmm. just tucking into a yeah. babysitter's club book on a very <laughs> packed subway and, like, you know, it was very, very busy, very packed. We were yeah. all, like, shoulder to shoulder. So people we were, like, looking over and your I shoulder. And I kept having to, like, <laughs> squish up my body but, like, keep the book in front of my face. Yeah. So, like, all these people around me were, like, packing in. And I was, like, no, I need a little bit of room yeah. to be able to read this book. So, like, stop shoving in on me. <laughs> so a lot of people were, like, darting their glances on me. You're a big man, too. I'm a big you man. You gave him a lot. And little, also...
0: You got a big fucking also, on your face. And also, I yeah.
1: fell on the ice earlier today and i have this massive bruise on my face and my right hand and arm are covered in bandages yeah which is the hand i was using to hold up this book so i look like i just left fight club yeah to I think that go gonna, home and read it. I'm going to say that that's book. like
0: that little vignette that makes it even more intimidating. Like, put yourself in the shoes of someone on the subway. You're on the subway, you're lost in your own world. You bump up against someone, and you turn around in anger because like that person shoved you. Yeah, and then it's like this big it's fucking a six dude, six foot five, with like a serious ass expression. Six foot five man just standing there like towering over you. And on top of everything else, he's got this huge bruise on his face and like cuts all down his face, like he's just been in a huge fight. And you're like, fuck, I don't know if I should fuck with this dude. And then you glance over and he's reading Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Marianne <says the> day. <laughs> Number four. Doesn't the that add to it? The original 1988 print
1: with Marianne in her little pigtails yeah. on it,
0: like holding up a thermometer. Doesn't that make it worse? Sleep. You're like, oh man, I, now I'm not going to fuck this guy's fuck with a fucking <laughs> psychopath. I got to get off this train at the next stop. That's good. Can it's- we
1: talk about the day? That Marianne saved. This is a... De- there's a lot happening in she this saves, book, I mean, I so like there's so many threads we've got to address. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. She yeah. tore apart the Babysitter's Club. Oh, wow. They got in so a big fight at the beginning of the book, yeah. but she's the one who dropped the mic. She, like, started screaming at everyone. She's like, yeah. you're a bitch. You're a job hog. Yeah. You have diabetes. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, it's really her fault in the first place that the Babysitter's Club disbanded. Yeah. But... In her defense, she is the one who is trying the hardest yeah. to pull them all back together again
0: uh, and manages to do it. Yeah, she d- she pulls it off. She picked that one inopportune moment to express herself and become the Marianne that she knows she can be. The dangerous. The dangerous, like, don't fuck with me or I'll stab you in the back. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take charge. I'm going to be president one day. Yeah. Like, I just and, have to
1: eliminate all of my foes first. Yeah,
0: and it's like, do you think Marianne, who obviously towers intellectually above all of the other babysitters, there's no question about that, do you think that she's secretary because that's what she should be? No, she's secretary because she hasn't learned how to fucking express herself yet. Right. Like, she's a cut above these other girls. I think that's pretty strong, but... you Earlier today, you described me
1: to a coworker as... A Claudia Stan. Uh-huh. And I was going to um raise issue with two things. One, that you, a thirty-seven year old man, knew what the word stan meant. Uh-huh. And two, that I was a Claudia Stan. I would raise issue with that. Yeah. But I was thinking about it on my ride home today and thought, fuck, I am a <laughs> Claudia Stan, man. Claudia's the best. Yeah. She's I... just so cool and so collected. Yeah, and honestly Her point of view has been like the most sane of yeah. all of them so far.
0: And in this book, apart from the Mimi stuff, she's like the most reasonable.
1: Let's talk about how Marianne saved the day, though.
0: Okay, Marianne goes to babysit for this girl called Jenny. Yeah, and her like fucked up, weird parents. Yeah, they're weird. They're yeah. like cool cosmics. They're called the preziosos. Yeah, and they're which very means, prim. like precious. They're in, very in prim Italian. And proper. The mom is super prim and proper, and the dad just, like, wants to wear jeans, and, like, the mom's not into it. Man, that dude sounds rad. That dude sounds cool as fuck. And they're going to a basketball game, and, like, Mrs. Prezioso is mad at Mr. Prezioso because he's like, can we fucking go to a basketball game? It's my, like, alma mater is playing. And he wears jeans and a t-shirt instead of, like, a four-piece suit. Yeah. Like, she loses her shit. Go put on your formal kilt. Yeah she's pissed so they go to this fucking basketball game and they're like it's an hour away which is like all this foreshadowing they're like it's an hour away and we, there's literally no way you can contact us right and then they leave marianne's like what's up three-year-old jenny let's play and jenny's like i don't want to play and she takes her temperature and she has a 104 degree temperature dangerous fucking dangerously high temperature dangerous i was thinking about what i would do in that situation yeah i would be like ice bath i'd be like uh I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> like, no question. No 104 question. 104 degrees is
1: dangerous. I yeah. think that's like when the brain starts eating itself. I'd be
0: like, uh, well, you know, the parents, I'm sure the parents would have said something. <laughs> like, they must know. I guess
1: I'll just send her to bed. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh,
0: okay. When they get back, I'll be sure to be like, oh, she seems unwell. But not Marianne, man. a little warm. Marianne fucking springs into action. No, she, she doesn't. Me. No, she doesn't.
1: Wow. You give Marianne so much goddamn credit. You know it's what Marianne so- did? Yeah. Called Don and had Don figure out that what is to do. That is
0: such a fucking misrepresentation. I can read you
1: the passage. I she's read like, read the passage. She's like, uh, Todd, I don't know what to do. And Don's like, call the f- fucking hospital. Are you insane? She's 104 degree temperature. She's like, okay, <sighs> I'll call the hospital. Oh, wow. And then they send an ambulance. I'm the only reason I'm not more angry right
0: now is that I know that you strongly identify with Marianne. (laughs) So this is like you being angry with yourself for your own (laughs) possible failures. Shit, we're getting into it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) She does. She does nothing in that scenario.
0: She calls her dad. She calls. The neighbor. Yeah, no one. picks She calls up. her dad. She calls a neighbor. She calls a couple other people she knows. She can't be self reliant. She can't rely on her own. Instinct? What is she supposed to do? Like, I'm like trying to be put a myself doctor for this child.
1: As I do every time I close my eyes, I'm trying to put myself into the shoes of a 12 year old girl. Good. And what I'm thinking is, okay, I'm a 12 year old girl. Right. I'm alone in this world. Uh-huh. I'm totally isolated. Good. I am caring for the life force. Right. Of an even younger girl. Yeah. A six-year-old girl. Three. Three? Yeah. (sighs) This little girl is dying. Yeah. she's a 104 degree temperature. She is on death's door. What do I do? Yeah. You know what I do? What? Call the goddamn ambulance and get an ambulance there to take her to the hospital. and guess who fucking does that? Don.
0: No. Yes. And guess why Don is there? Because Marianne had Marianne the fucking presence of mind didn't have to know that this is a big chutzpah. So I had the other reaction too, which is like honestly, just putting myself in Marianne's shoes. In that case, I would be like, I don't want to cause trouble. They get one night out a month. Yeah. And the dad finally got a fucking night out that he can actually enjoy. Normally, they go to some fancy ass restaurant. They obviously don't give a shit they about. They go to a lot of cocktail parties. Yeah, they go to a lot of cocktail parties. The the what are they called? The preciosos. Yeah. The preciosas got to... It's, it's
1: you know what? I was going to say something super racist. <laughs> oh, no. The reason I started going... Because I was going to say the spaghettis. No. And I know that wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I stopped myself from doing it. And yeah. now I regret... You regret Addressing it back and bringing it back, <laughs> parting the kimono on that one.
0: Well, there's no going back from that, man. We just we just lost our entire Italian audience. <laughs> just cut, audience. That just cut yeah. all that out. So just cut that out. Anyway, okay. the spaghetti's. So the uh, the the, <laughs> the preziosos. So I would be like, I'm going to ruin their fucking night. The thing here's what, the thing about a babysitter from yeah. an adult point of view. Like, debatable. From just try to put yourself get out of the mindset of a 12 year old girl. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough for me, man. <laughs> just try for okay. a second. Like you get a babysitter. You want me to
1: quantum leap back into my thirty-one-year-old
0: man's body. I want you to, or at least just, just stay a twelve-year-old and try to imagine what it would be like from a thirty-one-year-old's perspective. I'm going to help you get there. Okay. Like you don't give a shit that the fucking Babysitters Club is disintegrating. You don't care. You don't care that like I care deeply. I'm totally invested in this club. No. No, if you're if you're Mrs. Prezioso. Oh, now I'm Mrs. Prezioso. Yeah, if you're Mrs. Prezioso, you yeah. don't care about Mary like what's going on. I kinda in see myself
1: size. as more of a Mr. Prezioso.
0: Yeah. Okay. Put yourself good. Be be Mr. Prezioso. Okay. You're on the way to a Let, me in char- game. Let me get my character. Let me get a character. All
1: right. I <clears throat> just I love jeans. I love boys' basketball.
0: I love my wife. I love my f- family. Hey, uh, Mr. Prezioso. Yeah, what's up? Which would you prefer, a basketball game or a, the fanciest five-star restaurant? Where is the restaurant? Um, like what kind of, of, what kind of food is it? It's the finest neighborhood in uh, Stony Brook. It's uh it's a spaghetti restaurant.
1: Well, I love I love boys basketball. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I think I'm going to go with the boys basketball. Great. I feel like you're there.
1: Yeah. Um, Can I pop on some jeans? Yeah, man.
0: Throw on some, like, what else would you wear to a boys' basketball game? Uh, my dress kilt. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you another question. Yeah. Do you give a shit that the babysitter that you hired is like going through some stuff? No, she's a 12 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. They're all going through some stuff. Yeah. Um, so do you, would you be upset if she like, called 911 and had you paged at the basketball game and it turned out to be a fucking false alarm.
1: Yeah, this is my one night off. Yeah. I get one night off a year. I bust my ass for this family. <laughs> okay? I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't ask for any of this. Jenny was a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I should be out there living my life oh, like my friends. And you don't even love me. And here I am at a oh. boys' basketball. You think I want to be at a boys' basketball game?
0: You don't love Mrs. Prezioso, do you? No. No, I've never loved Mrs. Prezioso <laughs> that that much it's is evident. That much is evident. That's I feel like that's something that Ann M. Martin puts in just for the grown-ups reading along. Yeah. It's like they don't love this is a loveless marriage.
1: I don't know. They're always going out together. Yeah, so they're making the, time for well, anyway. That was all play acting. I actually think uh that Mr. Prezioso is probably a pretty upstanding dude who loves his family.
0: Yeah. I think that's true too. I don't want to cast aspersions. No, I don't either. Sorry, Mr. Prezioso for yeah. listening. Oh. Dog's there goes the, there goes the dog. Anyway, we were trying to tell the story. Oh, I guess we should have addressed that we're in a new space this week. Oh man, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna go well with our audio
1: audience. My apartment. Yep. With its high 12 foot vaulted ceilings Yep, and tiny uh one foot Brussels Griffon dog Yeah, who likes to bark. Who likes to who likes to make his presence felt. So if you hear um a Cavernous echo. hmm That's my vault of the ceilings. And if you hear a tiny yippy bark, that's my tiny dog.
0: Please ignore both. I have been. Um, I just I wanna
1: set our listeners up.
0: I don't okay. It's getting close to time to wrap up. I don't have uh, too much. I've got I got a couple other little loose ends. One is did you notice and you didn't because you haven't read these books before? Yeah. Um, the introduction of Mallory. Mallory they babysit for these kids like these like she's one of they're like eight, there are, like, eight children yeah, yeah, and the oldest with the with the George and Anne foresh- and Martin even this early this is such as her craftsmanship that like even this early she foreshadows it there are eight kids and the 10-year-old Mallory is actually like pretty good at helping out
1: yeah she kind of she kind of she walks that line between yeah.
0: babysitter
1: and Babysi- baby oh city. Man. god
0: what a good what a good fucking segue because this to me baby this is the central conflict for Marianne is the conflict of being the sitter and the sat all at once. Everyone's calling her a baby. Yeah like Christy is constantly calling her a baby. Like yeah. when she gets mad at her, she yells baby, baby, baby and yeah, screams her. at her. And she is a baby, but she's like Wow, who watches The Watchmen? Exactly. Who Can baby, you imagine the tension of the that? Babies. You're like you're a fucking babysitter. Like that's your that's who you are. That's what you do. It's but deep identity. inside, you're not sure if you're not a baby. Fuck, man, that hits me so close to home. Oh, God, this Shit, This is you. God, I'm
1: such a Marianne.
0: Yeah, you're a Marianne in different ways than I am. Like I think I'm a Marianne because I think I'm smart. But you think you're a Marianne because you think you're insecure. Deeply, yeah. Deeply insecure. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful.
1: I'm the baby who's babysitting.
0: Yeah. You're this paradox that can't be resolved. You're the babysitting baby. Yeah. You're sitting yourself, man. You're constantly sitting yourself, and that's why it's just churn, churn, churn inside that little brain piece of yours.
1: Oh, shit. This is going to be a... I'm going to have to ask my therapist to (laughs) put in overtime. (laughs) I think... This has opened up a whole new can of worms for me. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to go in next session. I'm going to be like, I'm the fucking babysitter. It's like, I'm the baby babysitter. (laughs) I'm the babysitter who's both baby and babysitter she's all at gonna once. Like,
0: she's going to be like, I'm raking in the cash on this one. Let's unpack this. <laughs> and the next thing you're going to be like, look, okay, let me walk this back. Let me, let me start from the beginning. Have you read Marianne Saves the Day?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I hate my dad. <laughs>
0: This is good, man. I feel like this is the first one where it's been a real therapy session. Yeah, this wow, is good. Really? Thank you, man. This I think it's so, my gravelly so voice. Received. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> helped you to open up. It's soothing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I haven't um, been up against my mic one time tonight. No, I'm too, I know super- your levels are going to be off
0: the fucking hook. We'll no. cut all this out. Oh, man. On that note,
1: yeah, uh, should we do a loud tone to like in- indicate on in the sound levels that this needs to be cut out? <laughs> So just look for that whoever edits this episode look for that tone and just like go like 30 you seconds you know how annoying
0: that's going to be for them you know how annoying it's going to be like you're you're going to be like in the process you're going to be like oh this is perfect i can use i can use the moment where he says like do you know and like put that into another segment and then you're going to be like do you know
1: <laughs> you know what else who else is going to be annoying for our listeners cuz we're definitely not going <laughs> to cut it out oh, they all just like quickly like pulled their
0: headphones out of their ears
1: like ah fuck this podcast
0: man i was i was i was waiting i I don't like these men i don't (laughs) like these men but i was waiting to see if they like had some kind of conclusion to draw and then they fucking they they dropped like what they did instead was what's the most annoying noise in the world um what i was what i was gonna say is let's wrap this up let's great well, this has been a wonderful evening uh-huh. discussing Marianne Saves the Day. Uh-huh. Next week, we're going to be talking about a book featuring new babysitter, Dawn. Not book five. I'm afraid of change. I think it's called Dawn and the Terrible Three, but I could be wrong. I barely know
1: Dawn. You're already throwing me into a POV. Yeah.
0: Oof. Just dive right in. All right, man. Uh, read along with us. This has been Jack Shepard.
1: And Tanner Greenring.
0: And this was The Babysitter's Club Club. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you'd think boys had just been invented. Yes!
1: <laughs> you did it right for once! 86. <laughs> that's how you sign off a podcast.
0: Martin Woo! wrote the first book of what became a Now it's time, the sitters Club, Club. Check. Oh, it's husky. It's so
1: husky. It's making me feel so self conscious about it my... It should soft boyish voice i
0: mean this is like so th- like this is an audio experience for people so they're just imagining this like Shit, sexy so deep. casanova like with like a barrel chest and he's like for some reason he invited like some weedy boy over <laughs> hi mister <laughs> that's good
1: can i be on your podcast with you
0: <laughs> you sure can young man i'm gonna teach you a thing or two